Let's be honest. We all have seasons where we're just struggling. The bills add up. The relationship falls apart. The person you trusted let you down. Another setback, another defeat, another disappointment. The emotions are real, but life goes on. We try to stay positive. Maybe tomorrow will be better, but at least for today, the struggle is real. Well, good morning, all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us here, Frisco East. Man, it's so good to be with you. Excited about today. Week two of a series we're calling The Struggle is Real. Last week, we talked about uh, the struggling, some of us struggle with church. That the, you know, through our history, through past experiences, it's been a difficult journey with church. Some of you are here in spite of church, so to speak, and I'm glad you are. Uh, today, we want to talk about I struggle with mental and emotional health. Um, this is a real thing. COVID only uh, shined a spotlight on things that were already unhealthy in our lives. All of us, you know, in some form or fashion have some kind of dysfunction, some kind of uh, thought thing that, that is unhealthy about ourselves, about the world in general. It deals with our past experiences, our family of origin, and so forth and so on. I mean, uh, we're complex. Our minds, our emotions are very, very complex. And so when COVID began and it ramped up in our lives, it brought forth a ton of challenges. So we're not going to deal just with the last year. We're just going to, in general, deal with mental health <clears throat> and, and help us bring into captivity our thoughts. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, let me read it. Paul says it this way, we are human, and that's an important distinction right there, that, that you understand, we understand that we're human, but we're not perfect. And it's okay to not be okay. It, it's okay to understand that that, man, we have challenges. And if you read Paul's letters at all, you realize the difficulty that people who follow Jesus had in their own lives, in their own walk with Christ. So he says, in, in light of that, it, we're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. So many times, many, many times, we use worldly weapons to mask what's going on in our lives, to comfort what is going on in our lives. We use alcohol or drugs or, or, or you know, relationships and, and so forth. The list goes on to, to mask or to help ease the war rather than use God's weapons. And we want to destroy the false arguments that come against our minds. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Listen to this. We capture their rebellious thoughts, bring into captivity every thought, and we make it obedient to Jesus Christ. And so today, what I want to do, I'm going to interview one of my friends, a counselor, licensed professional counselor here in our area, 
attends our church, but kind of lay the groundwork that, that if you struggle in any way, that counseling is a great opportunity to maybe get set straight. A few years ago, when I hit a, a leadership wall here at Hope, there were some, we were building this building, and we were in a campaign, and it was going crazy. It was not going well, and I mean, I was just, I mean, my mind was, was going a million miles an hour, and I went and saw a counselor, and that counselor helped get me settled, get me centered again. It's, it's only a component of what, what captures the thought, but every one of us, perhaps, in this room needs at least some sort of, of help in capturing those thoughts and bringing those thoughts into captivity. So today, my good friend Matt McKinney is coming. Would you, across all of our campuses and right here at Frisco, would you give Matt a huge, a huge welcome? Matt, thank you, man. Glad you're here. You, welcome. Man. Matt, before we dive in, I've got a ton of questions. But before we dive in, tell us about you. Get, let, let them get to know you just a, a bit. You're Matt McKinney, and then I'll let you take it from there. Right. McKinney, we live in Frisco. And everybody's like, do y'all live in McKinney? No, we don't. So, <laughs> um, married to my beautiful wife um, of 17 years, coming up in August here. We have four kids, three, three daughters, and everybody's like, are you getting the son? And yes, we got him. Uh, he's the fourth, <laughs> so range of age from seven to 12, um, 12 year olds turning 13 here in a month. So some of this stuff we'll talk, talk about today, teenagers is gonna apply to, apply to me personally and uh, run my practice journey on counseling. Um, some of you are familiar with that on the Frisco Plano, technically Plano, but Frisco Plano border south of 121 and have been on the Hope counseling list, thankfully for that. A lot of great counselors on there. Um, seven and so years. seven years. And I found myself telling people, you need to go to Hope. You need to go to Hope. And then so I'm like, well, why aren't we going to Hope? And, <laughs> and so three years ago, we decided to, to come. And we live in the neighborhood here and just to get our kids even more. We were already plugged in in another church, but to get plugged in, in another close. city like Carrollton. So we weren't yeah. stealing you. So right. to make it sound like I was a bad That's friend it. to a pastor. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so we love it. Thank you so much. Um, appreciate you guys. It's a great church, a lot of great resources, and I'm glad just to awesome. be on the team. Okay, so I've got six questions. Okay. I'm going to dive right in, Still. and I'm going to try to give you more space, because I like to talk. <laughs> I'm going to try to give you space to talk. So let me ask the first question. Help us understand what many of us may be feeling in this season we are in. Help mm -hmm. us put words to it. Yeah, it's a great question. I think, I think overall we're stressed, we're worn out. Um, Anxiety is high, we're burnout, we're going so fast. We're in North Texas, right? This fast paced society, we're running fifth gear, um, and it really silences the things that we need to work on. Mm. Then what happens, we, we, we reverse back to March 2020, and everything goes, comes to a halt. Yeah. Life as we know it um, just completely stopped. And so our outlets, our sports, not that that's bad, but all of these things that we're going to um, weren't there anymore. Right. And then it's this tidal wave of anxiety, emotion, depression. We can't travel. We can't go out to eat. Mm. 
just comes to a halt. And so then I think we're starting to have to deal with that. We're having to deal with that marital conflict. We're having to deal with the teenagers um, coupled with grief and loss. Yeah. So you have these things that are all underlying and then grief and loss of not being able to do what we have been doing changed it. So, so the, the, what was already going on, mm-hmm. the, the COVID season maybe just really, really highlighted some of those weak areas. And when you can fill those areas with other things, mm-hmm. it kind of masks Mask it. What's, problem, what's, what's going on. Absolutely. And so I think the most important thing that you're saying is it's okay to get help. Right. That, that it, it, the, I know the stigma. Sometimes the stigma mm. about counseling is... And I'm going to age myself here, but it's like the Bob Newhart show, right. you know, it's always weird. You know, somebody comes in to, and he lays on a couch yeah. and, and somebody, you know, hypnotizes him or something right. or whatever. Right. And it's like, man, I don't know, but man, this, it is so, so different. I'm grateful for that because our yeah. culture, I think, has, and, and the church, let me say that right. specifically, has helped us, um, you know, that it's okay. Yeah. That when we're in a season of, of unrest or unhealth, get the help. That's right. I think, I think, too, the stigma's getting better. I mean, there's definitely a stigma there. I think I've seen COVID even, you know, there's a lot of negative with COVID, but COVID has really, we got to look to some positives and what is God doing? God's not surprised. What is he doing in the midst of that? And so we work at everything else. We work at work. We work at church. We plan. We meet. We develop sports athletes. We pour into our teenagers. And then we come home and we go, it's just supposed to work. Mm. that's good and so being able to go hey this is not bad it's just a part of the pie that I'm trying to become my whole self Mm. and then as we do that we're going to be better at the other things so hey if we don't get anything else today knowing that give your permission give yourself permission that's good to work on you it's okay second question what does it mean to be emotionally or mentally unhealthy how can someone tell that they're unhealthy? Because many times we've been, so if, if we've been raised in dysfunction and it's normative, mm-hmm. right? It, it's hard to sometimes identify when we are unhealthy. Yeah. How does someone know when they are unhealthy? It's a great question. I think, I think looking at what we put our value in and all of those things stopped 2020, right? And so what are, what are we putting our self-worth in? What are we putting our identity in? And so we put our value in our identity by and large in what we did or the sports or our kids and all that came to a stop. And so then you gotta say, hey, where is my identity and my self-worth? And we put that on a roller coaster. Things are going well, my kids are winning, they're making good grades, work's going great, marriage is good. It's this roller coaster, but I'm going up, right? We feel good. We have a good meeting. We have a good interview. Man, oh, we killed it. It's awesome. Man, that roller coaster starts to go down. Mm. And so my identity, we attach our identity and put our emotions and how things go on the roller coaster. Wow. And so God comes along. I love this. Draw this at home. Roller coaster. Put some of those things on there. Um, this is a free counseling tip. Huh. And... And then draw the line through there, your identity. God says, hey, your identity is consistent. I love you regardless of the roller coaster. Wow. So I think a good question is asking yourself, hey, what, what am I putting on the roller coaster there? 
And am I getting my identity from other things? And is it out of balance? Hmm. Am I out of balance in those areas? Is, is it dictating those things we allow to dictate our life? Yeah. And so getting in to see somebody to help balance that out, I think is And wouldn't is you agree that when, when, when there are people who love you, I'm not talking about mm-hmm. you know, people who don't care about you, but when people around you love you, and, and the common denominator of a lot of things going on in your life, broken relationships, job after job after job, church after church after mm-hmm. church, thing after thing after thing that happens, the common denominator, this is not to bring shame on anybody, but the common denominator is that person, right. when somebody is, when, when the people around you are saying, hey, you might need to go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. That, that might be a good sign <laughs> that you need to go talk to somebody. Yeah. Because they, they care, seeing it through the lens, this is another thing to work on in sessions, is how, do my, how am I viewing what my wife is saying? I'm viewing it through a negative filter or negative lens because of our past history versus viewing it as, hey, she loves me and cares for me and wants me to get help. So good. Yeah. Okay, so number three, when is the right time to go see a counselor or therapist? And is it a sign that something is wrong with me? Uh, I would say now. Uh, I'll have my <laughs> cards out there and come. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, well, no, yes, uh, I, I do agree for now. I think, I think now is, is a good time. Okay. And I, I'm, I promote, we're promoting counseling, but overall we're promoting mental health to get better. If you don't have the, the bandwidth or the finances or whatever to, to do that, do something. Take care of yourself. But I think it's very valuable. We need a third party because we have our family and our friends. Mm. We have our, our um, accountability partners, that type of thing, which all is great. Counseling is just part of the team. But it's, uh, it's invaluable, I think, because you have a third party to come in and to help, help you peel it back a little bit, see the larger picture, yeah. and to not be emotionally invested yeah. and blinded to some of the things that, that you have. And so you know, that's, that's what, precisely what happened to me. Somebody was able to just objectively, they had, they had never heard of our church, mm-hmm. this counselor, never heard of me, never, you know, all that stuff. And so they were, they were objective to help me see the different pieces and to get healthy, mm-hmm. to just to start thinking. And they were Christian counselor, right. obviously. So um, I, I definitely agree that having that third party and, and being willing to go, I think many of us, some, mm-hmm. you know, I hear this a <laughs> lot, you know, from, especially from guys. Yeah. You married me. This is yeah. who I am. Yeah. You know, and they always say it with that accent. Um, <laughs> you know. I hear that too. Yeah. yeah take it or leave it. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's like, you know, how immature, right. first of all, and I love you if you said that to me, so please know that I love you. But you need help. Yeah. <laughs> of, of all of us, man. You, yeah. Because we get stuck in that normative yeah. dysfunction. Right. So your word for, the, for that question is now. Right. You know, get it now. Yeah. And, and, I, and I agree. So let me ask, let me move on to number four. If, if I were to come to your office, mm-hmm. what would the process be of leading me toward health? Yeah, that's good. I think providing a safe environment. Uh, you got to be comfortable. I might, I might not be for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe my personality is not for you. Maybe it is. Maybe you have to, that's another thing, trying out different things, counselors and that type of thing. Um, and so being able to connect like this, being able to go, hey, Matt is a safe person. 
He's going to walk alongside me. He's going to encourage me and then also challenge me. We usually err on one or the other, right? Truth and love. We're either too much truth and fix it right now, get over it, or we're too much, hey, I'm just going to let you vent, continue to complain. That is so good. So the balance of that, I'm going to let you vent and complain for sure because you need to do that. You need somebody to listen, but not just stay stuck there. Mm. Understand why you're doing what you're doing, giving you tools to move forward, to process that, and to look at the barriers so that you can work through that to get healthier. I love that. So if somebody, you know, has been struggling with anxiety, Mm -hmm. let's just say, they they just come in and say, man, I'm just, I'm I'm anxious, I can't get over this. What what would you do to help that? It's good. It's a little bit of my process and approach is more of a cognitive behavioral um, approach. Explain that. Yes, with a biblical foundation. So we're looking at everybody's coming in wanting to fix the action, right? Or get behavior change. And I'm no different. I I want behavior change for myself. I want behavior change uh, for you. But if we just put tools on top and change behavior, and we don't look at the thinking and the feelings that drive my behavior... I think we're doing ourselves a disservice. Mm. And so what is the lie? Hey, I know I'm supposed to forgive, no question, Mm. but I don't feel like it. Mm. And those two worlds collide, and then what do I do? And I don't, I don't feel like forgiving. Ask my wife. (laughs) Yeah. She's good at it, I'm not. I thought I was good going into marriage, and then I realized, man, Matt, you've got some work to do. Mm. And so, yes, I need to forgive, but looking at, in session, that's just an example. So looking at the thoughts, looking at the feelings that drive our actions, that drive our results, and trying to get a form some structure around that. Where's God in that? What results? He's called us to action oh. and help me align my thinking and my feelings Good. with that. So if somebody comes with marriage, mm-hmm. you know, a married couple comes yeah. in, what, what would be your process for that? That's great, great question. Because I, I do a lot of marriage counseling, a lot of relationship Uh, counseling as well. And I think there's a lot going on there for sure. But one of the main things is we come in with expectations, different expectations. The wife's expectations are here, husbands are here, and we're colliding. And from that, the unmet expectation drives the conflict. Say say that again. I I think that's so good. Say that again. Yeah, the unmet expectation drives the conflict. Mm. As simple as I'm wanting after this, man, cheeseburgers are sounding great. I've been thinking about cheeseburgers all morning and my wife wants pizza. Mm. Who's right? Me. <laughs> Where's I'm John the pastor. <laughs> and then we don't communicate that. Yeah. And then it snowballs. And I know that's a small example, you know, food, but we get in fights over food. And so being able to align those expectations in a safe place, because most people would say, man, this stuff gets out of control at home, and we want to be able to talk like this in how we do in your office at home. And so my heart is not that this is the end-all, be-all, but it's a catalyst to help propel them to their house to be able to have these conversations. That is so good that, that they can ha- carry that conversation on, at, in, like in your office at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay, I've been waiting for this question. This is my favorite question. <laughs> I love the next generation. Right. What do I do if I sense my teenager is in a place of struggle with their emotional health? Mm-hmm. 
yeah, get help. Yeah. Get help. And knowing it, again, I know we're repeating this, but it's okay to get help. Um, the number one thing I would say is people, our teens come into the office and say, hey, my parents do not listen to me. Hmm. Parents don't listen to me. I know we as parents would say, well, they don't listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they say, hey, they're not taking time to listen to me. And there's these stages of parenting. There's the, the commander, which is the early on. There's the I, w- I want you to listen to this part right here because this is yeah. so key. I had yeah. never heard this. Yeah. Go the, for it, the, but I want you to really pay attention to what he's going to say here. So commander, we're commanding them. Obviously, we need to do that, right? There's the coach, okay? So we turn into the coach, and we go to the counselor. Then they're grown and out of the house. We're the consultant. If they need us, they'll call and consult with us. Too often, we stay in the commander role. Hmm. So good. This was humbling to do this this week because I found myself in that commander role versus going, hey, my son just blew it. I need to be curious, get this curious first, not furious. Mm-hmm. That's not mine. I don't have books. I won't be signing any. I'll recommend books for you. <laughs> but yeah. curious, not furious, it goes so far and it develops the relationship yes. with, your, with your kiddo, whether they're four or 10, or 17. And so that's what I would say. Work to listen, to understand, get help. Also, partner with them. Okay. A lot of times, the, the teens are like, man, my parents are just dropping me off at therapy. And I'm like, man, that must be frustrating. Hmm. So what are you suggesting? So partnering with them to go, hey, this is what I need to work on too as a parent. I need to come. Maybe they need to go separately as parents. Maybe they need to work together, seeing a little bit of the parents, seeing a little bit of the teens, and then bringing them together. But not saying you have to exactly go into the session, but knowing that, hey, I'm going to work on my part. I am going to be curious and and not furious. I am going to listen to you and understand. Still teaching principle. We have to teach. We have to work on the ethics piece. We have to get better behavior. But developing the relationship, I think, is, is huge. I think, you know, in my life, in, in raising the, the four kids that Melissa and I raised, there was a time in which, with one of them, I had reached my wits end. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm supposed to know what to do, right? But I <laughs> right. didn't know what, how else to handle this. Yeah. I went and got counsel. Yeah. I just said, okay, here's what's going on. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And, and he just said, hey, why don't you try this? And I was like, okay. Change the whole thing. Yeah. It, it changed the whole circumstance. And it was so helpful to me. So I think what you're mm-hmm. saying is, I, I hope that you're getting this as parents. I know some of you already raised your kids, but, but maybe you can help your, your children raise their children in that it, you don't all, parents don't always have the answer. We don't always know what the right thing is. So getting the help and being partners with them, not just dropping them off, but being partners with them and growing ourselves is going to be key. That's good. One other thing I would say is I'm probably going to say something you've already said before. Hmm. And I don't care who gets the credit. I just want your kiddo to get better. You're probably going to say something to my kid Mm -hmm. that I've said before and they hear it from you a little better because I have more history with them. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
And so I've had people come to me lately and say that, hey, man, it finally clicked. And I've been telling them the whole time, but something you said <laughs> really clicked. And so that's the thing. Maybe we just need to take our kids to a third party and get them Good. a different perspective. I just, I just feel like this generation, for whatever reason, I'm not sure exactly mm -hmm. what it is, but they are inundated with pressure from all sides. Mm -hmm. And the earlier that we can get them thinking healthily, yeah. biblically, along with healthily, the better for them. The better for them. So please, if there's a struggle, right. if it's financial, help, let us know. We, we have so many resources to help get people yeah. on the right track, but the next generation is so important to me that we help mm -hmm. them, not give them everything, but help mm -hmm. them think from a great foundation so that the structure of their lives, mm -hmm. the foundation is on the rock of Jesus, yeah. not sand. Right. Not the emotional social media um, sand that leads us to depression and discouragement and self-image problems. Mm -hmm. So thank you, man. Appreciate it. One, one thing real quick on that is, is we're wanting better behavior right now. We're wanting obedience, but we forget that what we're doing is equipping them, showing them conflict resolution as a married couple, as a mom, as a grandparent, and it's equipping them to take those skills and put it and plug Good. into them long-term. Good, let's get, the, let's get them help. Okay, number six, last one. Mm -hmm. What are some spiritual practices or rhythms I can have in my life to help in this season, let's just say, mm -hmm. you know, it's been a challenging season the last year, obviously right. it's been challenging for a lot of people, but what are some rhythms for the season? Great question. So as a counselor, I got to answer or ask a question okay. to, to come back with that. So what is stopping us from getting the rest we need? That's the question. Mm. What is stopping us? What's the barrier that's there? What can we do differently to rest and restore? It's interesting, Jesus rested. He got away and he rested. And I'll often say that, that he rested more than we do. But for some reason, we bought into the lie that this re uh, resting is not being productive. That's key. We all know that. Right. But so it's an, we feel lazy. <laughs> right, I feel lazy resting. if I rest. So it's an order issue. I, need, I do need to rest so I can be productive. Mm. Mm. Um, being intentional. Again, we're intentional with everything else. I think we need to plan it. Like, hey, this Sunday afternoon, it doesn't have to be Sunday, but hey, when are we gonna take a break from electronics? When are we gonna do family time? When are we gonna turn the TV off? Um, having a plan, spending time with, with God, quiet time, you know, uh, is Would is riding awesome. a motorcycle be included in this list? Well, it's, no. yeah. <laughs> I, heard, I heard the enemy, the devil. Where is the devil? <laughs> well, since we have to do one more of these next, next to us, service, they'll probably say, yeah, let's, it's good. Good, good, <laughs> good. Uh, exercise, working out. You're like, hey, I can't do that. I have some, some physical, I've, I've had the clients that their back pain and that type right. of thing. I get it. Try to at least do something, walk, get outside, replace 
you beat me to it, negative outlets with healthy outlets, See? depending on which way you want to go on that. <laughs> yeah, healthy. Yeah, yeah. Healthy. Too much of a good thing could be a negative. <laughs> Not, yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> You've got to be careful there. Mm -hmm. Ice cream. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, might be my last interview. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, alone time. Introvert or extrovert, I think, mm. we, I think we need some downtime. Yeah. I think we need some downtime. Uh, creating margin, this is huge. We could spend a long time on this. Creating margin in your life. Some of our anxiety is self-imposed because I'm running and racing and I have to hurry. I'm leaving five minutes late and I'm running that and doing that all the time. So create margin. If you have to put something on your plate, what are you taking off? Mm. What are you taking off of your plate? We just keep piling it on and piling it on and our anxiety hits and we crash and we wonder, wonder why. We just are not designed to go like that. Perfect. A uh, couple more things. Have fun. We've had fun today. This is awesome. Uh, laugh. Um, if you come in my office, we're going to laugh. I'm not laughing at you. I promise. Yeah. We're going to have some fun. We don't need to take it too seriously, but, I, but we do want to work on uh, some serious things, and I take that uh, to heart. Good. So laugh, have fun. Yeah. Um, last thing I'd say, maybe gratitude journal. We look through this lens of negativity. You know, what went wrong? How can we improve? And those are great questions, but we forget to go, hey, what went right? Today was awesome. It was a good day. That's so good. Write it down. Good. Yeah. That's so good. Thank you. Thank you. Matt, thank you. Can you give Matt a huge hand? Thank you. Thank you. You know, that, that passage, 2 Corinthians, is one that I memorized as a teenager. Bring every thought in, into captivity. And a lot of times in my mind, because it says we don't use the weapons of the world, but we use the, the, the God's weapons, Sometimes we, we think of God's weapons as only the Word of God or worship, the presence of God. But can I just tell you it's the people of God? It's the people of God like Matt and my other friends that are counselors that and regeneration and re-engage and grow and all the things that, that, that we can offer in, in your, your godly friendships that, that all of us working together help us bring every thought into captivity. So when I go to home group and we're studying James or we're studying, you know, something, do you understand that that's helping us bring thoughts from the enemy, thoughts from the world, bring them into captivity? In other words, it's bringing them to obedience of Jesus. And so you may be here today and you've never looked at it that way. You've never looked at your life as, man, I need to bring those thoughts that are from the enemy, and I, and I need to use the weapons that God has given me to help do that. And so I, I just, if you're struggling with anxiety, especially if you're a teenager, if you're a teenager, a, a, a junior high or a high school girl or boy, and Man, you still don't know what to do. You don't know how to turn. Your, your parents maybe are, are, are a little dysfunctional. You're just, I mean, it's all crashing down. We just want you to know that we are 
for you. More importantly, God is for you. And whoever you are and whatever you're going through, young adults, single adults, grief, loss, we are for you and God is for you. And, and he's got a plan, and he wants, to, he wants to help you bring those thoughts that are robbing you of your life to health. And so, Matt, thank you for your help in, this, in, in our area, for what you do. And I just want to pray over all of us. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for the time that we've had today and for the wisdom and the counsel of Matt and, and your word. And so I pray for anyone in this room that is struggling, anybody online at our campuses that are, that are struggling in their families, with their teenagers, with their marriage, with loss, with uh, work-related issues, financial-related issues, mental health-related issues. There are so many things that are coming against us. The enemy is real. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you have come to bring life. And so we speak that life over everyone today. May we use the weapons that you have given us to bring every thought and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. I pray for healing in every way. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth, right here in our lives, our families, our marriages, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name.